When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. Another edition, a national championship game edition, college football betting. I'm your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's ready for what should be just an awesome national title game this evening. Michigan, Washington, top two seed, both 14-0, both conference champions. We are going to break it down from all angles. So fired up to be talking about this one. A lot of thoughts, by the way. Hope you listen to the show. Kind of nailed both semifinal predictions. I did have Michigan winning uh, and covering. They took care of business. I did have Washington outright in that game. So everything is going well going into this national title game. Going to give you my picks and predictions in a minute, but just one quick kind of note, I guess you would say. That note, we ain't going anywhere. If you're subscribed to the College Football Betting Pod, make sure to stay subscribed because we got plenty going on in the offseason. We're going to get some national title futures here in the coming days and weeks. We're going to get Heisman Trophy odds. We're going to get early, uh, you know, we'll get uh, conference title odds. We're going to get preseason stuff. We're going to get week one line sometime in probably May. So make sure that you are subscribed because we got plenty coming up on this feed. With that said, I could do a song and a dance and a this and a that, but let's just get to it. Got some good news and some bad news. I'll do bad news first. Bad news is, people, we only got one FBS football game from now until August. Good news is we're going to crown a national championship on Monday night. National champion Michigan versus Washington. That is the game. Michigan is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite in the DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you to DraftKings, as always, uh, our partners this year. The over-under set at 56-and-a-half. And before we get into this, before we break it down, let me start by saying this. Both college football playoff semifinals, listen, I'm not bragging, but I nailed them, and I felt very confident about both those games. I really thought Michigan was going to beat Alabama, cover that one and a half points, and I thought Washington was winning outright. This game, I am not nearly as confident, but we're going to discuss it anyway. Now, in terms of the game itself, let me start by saying this. I have the ultimate respect for both of these teams, both of these programs, and I have so enjoyed the journey for each, right? Like, we get so caught up in who wins, who loses, who hoists the trophy, who's this, who's that. I don't think we appreciate the all the stuff that leads to it, and I really appreciate both of these stories. From the Michigan side of things, I know what everyone's going to say, oh, Torres, how can you? They're cheaters. Well, what I've said a million times, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh knew. I think that that story was largely overblown, But even if you think Jim Harbaugh was involved, whatever, the players did not know. And I I, I just, I've said this since August. This is the most resilient group of players that I have ever seen. For the last two years, Jim Harbaugh has interviewed for NFL jobs in the offseason. Two years ago when they won the Big Ten for the first time and he came back after interviewing on National Signing Day. I said, he lost the locker room. They're going to be so mad. Then they end up going undefeated, winning the Big Ten for a second straight year and going to the college football playoff. Last year, interviews again. 
This year, suspended the first three games of the season. Team doesn't miss a beat. Go through a national scandal where they are a talking point for two straight weeks. Don't miss a beat. Jim Harbaugh suspended final three games of the regular season. Don't miss a beat. So you can dislike Michigan. You can dislike Jim Harbaugh, but I think you have to respect the guys in the locker room. And then from the Washington side of things, I'll just say this. I already think Kalen DeBoer is like a top three coach in this sport. I mean, he worked Oregon in that Pac-12 championship game like a speed bag. And he, I'm just so impressed by this, this Washington program. He always has his team prepared, always ready to go. They never beat themselves until the final minute of that Texas game. And so I, I, I love their story. I love Michigan's story. And I think this game is a fascinating clash of two styles. And more specifically, I'll be blunt. I think both of these teams are built to exploit the other team's weakness or at least something that they haven't seen this year. When I think about Washington versus Michigan, okay, I think about this. Michigan has not seen anything close to this passing attack all season long. In theory, that's advantage Washington, right? Just think about Michigan. They're a great team, 14-0, playing for a national championship. But think about the teams that they've beaten that are really good. Penn State. Don't think James Franklin knows that the forward pass has yet been invented. Michigan ran straight at him for two straight quarters and won that game. Ohio State. Michigan beats them. They immediately run off their quarterback. We'll talk about that later in the show because Ohio State got another quarterback. And then Alabama. Jalen Milrow's great, but he's not an elite quarterback, and the wide receiver core is not elite at all. And so I look at this matchup, and I say they have not faced anything close to Michael Penix. Now, the wide receiver core, you could argue Ohio State's is about as good, but Ohio State didn't have one 100th the quarterback that Washington does in Michael Penix. And so how does Michigan prepare for something that they have not seen this entire year? From the Washington side of things, it's the opposite. How do you beat Washington? Now, admittedly, everyone all year has tried to do this unsuccessfully. But the way you try to beat Washington is to run the football, beat them up at the line of scrimmage, and make Michael Penix sit on the bench. The closest game that they've arguably played all year, it was a 22-20 victory over Oregon State late in the season. Now, admittedly, in that game, it was a driving rainstorm. It was chaos in Corvallis. But that was Oregon State's game plan. They ran the ball 40 times, tried to keep Michael Penix off the field. Washington did just enough to win that game. And so I bring it up because what is Michigan's strength? They want to run the ball and run the ball and run right at you. 30-plus straight runs against Penn State. If J.J. McCarthy does not throw a pass, Michigan's going to be fine with it if they can move the chains. So that's what's interesting to me. Both teams are built to beat the other. Washington, I, I said it prior to the Texas game, I don't think that they're bad in the trenches. But even against Texas, they struggled to run the ball, and most of their quote-unquote run yards came from short passes. So the question coming into this game, Who can slow down the other? Who can make the other play their style? Because if Michigan can get up and then just lean on Washington, lean on them, lean on them, lean on them, lean on them, chew up clock, chew up clock, chew up clock, chew up clock, like they did against Penn State, like they did against Ohio State, like they did against pretty much everybody, they're going to win. Washington, on the other hand, can they do essentially what they did against Texas? Can they get up on you and put the pressure on you? 
Because remember, they didn't trail the entire game against Texas. And so that's what I think about in this game. If Washington scores on their first possession and Michigan is playing catch-up from then on out, that's going to be a tough ask of Michigan. Michigan is not built to fall down 7-0, 10-0, 10-3, And so that's the big question. Can Michael Penix put up points early in this game? That's a lot of P's, by the way. Penix put up points. And can Michigan control the trenches? Can they get up? Can they keep Michael Penix off the field? Maybe force a three and out, go up 10 nothing themselves. And then all of a sudden, Washington is playing catch up from there. So that's really what's going to dictate the game. Who controls the other? Who can force their style of play? And I'll just be blunt. I do have a pick. I don't feel as good about it as I did Michigan, Alabama, or Washington, Texas. But I'm taking Michigan to win this game. First off, the first reason is kind of BS. But I picked Michigan in the preseason to win the national championship. Picked Michigan over Alabama. By the way, had Florida State and Penn State in the college football playoff. Basically got three out of four. I mean, Florida State was an undefeated ACC champ. Didn't know how it was all going to shake out. But I had Michigan in the preseason. And listen, I learned this lesson two years ago. I'm not backing down from Michigan after picking them in the preseason. Remember, I did that two years ago with Georgia. I picked Georgia in 2021 before it was cool to to like Georgia. Then they got boat raced by Bama in the SEC championship game. Then they met in a rematch, and I turned my back on the dogs. How about them dogs? Well, the Georgia dogs, not the Washington dogs. But I turned my back on the dogs, and the dogs bit me. Bit me in the butt. Uncle bit me in the butt. And so I can't do that to the dogs again. I can't do that. Well, I can't do I can't do what I did with those dogs to Michigan. I picked Michigan in the preseason. I can't back. I can't back off now. But that's just part of it. There, there, there's really three reasons why I like Michigan to beat Washington. The first one, this is some of the best analysis that I've ever heard. But I heard Joel Klatt on Colin Cowherd's show on Tuesday after the semifinals. And he brought up something very interesting. If you remember, when Michigan was at its darkest moment, 2020, they go 2-4. and four. They did not play Ohio State that year, okay? But why I bring it up is because Jim Harbaugh was at a crossroads. He had to shake up his staff. And one thing that he had to do was change the defense. They had an old guy named Don Brown as their defensive coordinator. He's now the head coach at UMass. Shout out Minutemen. Um, but Don Brown was the defensive coordinator. And it wasn't getting done. And Ohio State was torching them. And Jim Harbaugh basically went to his brother, John Harbaugh, in the NFL and said, I need a guy that can slow down this Ohio State passing attack. And so they hired a guy named Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens staff. After that season, Mike McDonald went back to the Ravens. They got another guy off of that same tree, Jesse Minter, who is still the defensive coordinator. And so I bring it up because think about that. At the time, Ohio State coming off the Justin Fields era, they still had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Marvin Harrison was coming down the pike. And Michigan had to build a defense to beat that offense. Well, what is Justin Fields slash C.J. Stroud? What is C.J. Stroud, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and, um, and uh, 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 Jackson Smith and Jigba sound like? It sounds like Michael Penix, Rome, Rome Adunze, who I always screw up his name, Jalen Polk, and this wide receiver core for Washington. So I'm not saying Michigan slows them down completely, but they're built to face this kind of offense. I don't, I'm don't. i not a scheme expert. I don't claim to be. 
But this staff is in place to slow down high-powered passing attack, star NFL quarterback, star NFL wide receivers. So that's part two. Part three, I can't help but shake two other thoughts. This is part three and part four. Go along. Forgive me. The first part. I was thinking about this as Michigan was laying waste to Alabama in the first half of the Rose Bowl. Now, Alabama came back. They were great in the third quarter, early fourth. But I had a thought. What if Michigan has actually been the best team all season long and we just got sidetracked? Let's think about this for a second. Let's just, let's just talk this out. I think Michigan has been by far the best team in college football this year and we got sidetracked by silly stuff. Remember, first six games, they're destroying everyone, destroying uh, Minnesota, destroying Nebraska. Remember, P.J. Fleck said he thought it was the best college football team that he had ever seen at the time. And then the Connor Stallions thing happens, and then everyone assumes that it's like, oh my goodness, well, the only reason that they won any of these games was because they were stealing signs and they were cheating and they were taping this and they were taping that. By the way, taping sidelines on an iPhone. That was the big scandal. And I've said it a million times. At the time, I thought maybe it was a bigger deal. Then as it started to go on, I was like, I think people are overblowing this. So what happened was, think about it. By far the best team, we get sidetracked by this scandal. And then they struggle against Penn State and Ohio State. But did they really struggle? Because they were without their head coach for the two biggest games of the year, including one on the road in front of 100,000 people where they didn't find out until an hour before kickoff that their coach who flew with them to State College would not be allowed to run out of the tunnel with them. So were they really, did they struggle against Penn State or Ohio State? Or were those two top five defenses and they didn't have their head coach on the sidelines? By the way, I don't know if there's a team in America this year that could have gone to Penn State and played Ohio State at home and beat them without their head coach. You could say maybe Georgia with Kirby Smart. I don't think Alabama could have done it. Uh, you know, maybe Texas. I don't know. But your two biggest games of the year without your head coach? Georgia couldn't beat Alabama with their head coach. The same Alabama team that just lost to Michigan. So I'm just here to say, I think they've always been the best team. And then lastly, I'll just be blunt. I don't, you know, a team of destiny feels a little bit hyperbolic, but something does stand out. Over the last couple of years, it feels like in big games, well, really, early part of the Harbaugh era couldn't catch a break. Then you go back to last year's playoff, every single thing went against them. Two pick sixes against TCU. Uh, there's a touchdown that should have been called that was over that wasn't called on the field, and then they fumbled. There's a fumble on the goal. Everything that could go wrong against TCU did. They had over 100 more yards of total offense than TCU. They lost the game. And by the way, TCU deserved to win. So I don't want to disrespect TCU fans that listen to this show. You deserve to win. But I bring it up to say this. Doesn't it feel like this year, all the breaks are going Michigan's way? Think about it. Think about the first play of that road. Go back to the Ohio State game. Biggest drive of the season. Remember that play when J.J. McCarthy is rolling out and he throws across his body and the guy catches it? And it, it ends up being a, a, it was like third and 10. And it ends up being a fourth and one and they pick it up. Crazy play. Rose Bowl against Alabama. You all watch. What was the first play of the game? J.J. McCarthy interception. Overturned. Uh, J.J. McCarthy had that crazy throw where it was the, the toss back to J.J. McCarthy. He throws it deep off one foot. Completion. Had to convert a fourth down. 
to keep the season alive. They do that. So I just go on and on down the list. It feels like every single break this season is going their way. And so in the end, give me a final score of Michigan 27, Washington 21. Michigan controls the clock. Washington has a few big plays. Michigan is your national champion. And my best bet is uh, Michigan minus four and a half. That's my pick. Michigan 27, Washington 21. All right, I think that's it for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Listen, it's a short one. It's okay. Not everything has to be 45 minutes of Torres rambling. But if you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music. Make sure to find our YouTube page as well. YouTube channel is growing. Appreciate your support. And most importantly, two two quick other things. One, make sure you're subscribed here because we're going to have plenty of off-season content. We're going to do... National championship futures when they come out. We're going to do conference futures when they come out. Heisman Trophy odds, et cetera, et cetera. So make sure that you are subscribed here. And then finally, thank you for all of your support throughout this season. This show grew, you know, at a time when the podcast space and the YouTube space is evolving and changing. A lot of shows are condensing, getting smaller. Not college football betting with Aaron Torres. The show grew this this season, and I appreciate all of your support. Uh, I obviously personally put a lot of time into this show, but I could not do it without everybody who listens. So thank you all for your support. And as I said, we won't be going anywhere this offseason. Appreciate everything. Enjoy the national championship game.